0: Verse 17. Now, I had I had no intention of, pre- of preaching this text. Matter of fact, if you want to see my message tonight, it's right here. Anybody wants to view it later, you'd have probably enjoyed this and more. It's only two pages. Um, then the prayer room I was just moved to look at this text. Now, I hope that doesn't come off as though I haven't studied this text. Um, I have studied it in days gone by, and the Lord has been using it to help me in recent days. So we just want to be obedient to the Lord. If the Lord just wants us to read the text and we go home, that's what we'll do. And uh, I just want to thank the Lord for His Word. His Word, His Logos, what God has spoken, is... uh, is, is the most powerful thing that you and I know. And I want to thank Him for His Word. In other places, the Word of God is mentioned as Rima. So you have Logos and Rima, two different Greek words. In conjunction, they harmonize with one another. From what I can tell in Scripture, Logos is the spoken word that God speaks. In John chapter number 1, The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word, word, is logos. It is that going forth of what God has to say. And then rima, it seems to me through study of that, that that Greek word, whenever you see the word rima, it's going to be translated as the word word. It's when that word is effective or pondered on in a personal way. So the logos is spoken. The Rema, I know these are strange words to us tonight, but they matter. The Rema is God, us reflecting on this in a personal way. And this Word of God got real to me over the past couple weeks, and I just want to share it with you, and then we'll go to the house. Matthew 17, if you have any place say amen. amen. Let me preface again, this is not where I was going to preach from tonight. Um, but it's where the Lord has us. Let me say this to you as well. I'm humbled and every time I stand behind this pulpit, it's almost as though I get more fearful. When I, was, I told some men in the prayer room tonight when I was 15, 16, 17. And by the time I was 18, I thought surely there was a crowd of 20,000 people that would gather everywhere to hear me. Now, when the church called me several months ago and I came here for the first time. And then when the Lord settled it in my heart, I wept to a preacher friend of mine, because I'm not worthy to preach to ten of you. And I'm not saying that, just to be saying that. I, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I used to want to see be seen, Brother Tim. But you give the Lord time with His people, He'll, 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 he'll blow the wind out of you. He'll get it out of you. And uh, life, the Christian life is about the Lord just taking and chipping away at you and all that's left is Christ. Thank the Lord for that tonight. I want him to get rid of me. I do. Let Christ, and he's using you in my life for that purpose. And I pray he's using me in your life for that purpose just to get rid of us so that we see Christ. Our precious Lord. Do it. Do it for your people. Matthew 17, and after six days, Jesus, take, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John. This is verse 1. His brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Moses and Elias. We're consulting with Jesus. Verse number four, Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spake, meaning as those words were coming out of his mouth, behold, A bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and be not afraid. And When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man. You might underline this in your Bible, if you underline in your Bible. Save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. I love this text that we've read in our hearing. I'm amazed at it every time I go back to it and its various tellings in the Gospels. Of course, you know the story. By this time in the Lord's ministry, of course, his face was always already had been set like a flint. He knew where he was going. He was going to Calvary. Along its way, we spoke last Wednesday night for a moment out of Matthew chapter number 16. Where Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who does the world say that I am? Who, what feedback are you getting? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist and some say Elias, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter, with that revelation that can only come from God, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Of course, Peter, in saying that, the Lord looked at him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. You study that word blessed, it carries with it several connotations, namely one of them being, Happy are ye. Happiness, blessed, you're happy indeed. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Then he said, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build it. I'm going to call out the ecclesia. I'm going to call out people, call them unto myself. And of course, in light of this, you know, the disciples are thinking, Well, the Lord's going to do this or the Lord's going to do that. The Lord's going to set up their king, his kingdom. I'm, I'm confident that his disciples, as he heard that I would establish my church, I would build my church, that possibly they thought along the lines of a state church or a state a state outcalling. That would seem pretty reasonable for the fact that in just a couple verses following, Jesus showed His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. And Peter took Him and began to rebuke Him, saying, Be, far, be it far from Thee, Lord. That's not my plan for You, Jesus. This is not the direction we need to head. This is not where we're going to go. This is what not what God intended For you to do. And with those very, very straightforward words, the Lord looked at Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Whenever our desire is outside of the will of God, and outside of the designs that He has for you and I, when our prayer shifts from Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, What we are taking part in is the working of Satan. Because his working is absolutely set against the working and the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our prayers should not be, God do this, but rather our prayers should be attuned in such a way That we say, Father, thy will be done. Because he is from the beginning and he is to the end. We pray as best we can. Lord, do this, do that. But the Spirit itself helpeth our infirmities. We know not how to pray for as we ought. We don't even know what to pray for. We don't even know what would roll out as a result of our prayers. But he does. So that's why when his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus said, after this manner, pray ye our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have your way, Lord. And when Peter worked against the Lord and said, this is not the will of God for what you need to do, Jesus He said, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of man. Jesus said, you're after what you're after, not after what God is after. And then he tells his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross And follow me. Now is that the gospel that is being preached on most of the Christian radio stations that we are hearing now? It's not a bloody gospel. It's not a cross-bearing gospel. No, it is a God is for you and He would never take you through anything hard. And so if you will give a gift of faith, then your will will be wrought and good things are coming your way. This is not the way of the cross. This is not the way of the gospel. Now you would say, this seems like a possible depressing or down or or, or maybe, maybe some type of lowering of self. It's definitely a lowering of self. Definitely that. But how are we to bear this life? How are we to go through life with the crushing weight of of, of all that is around us? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against the rulers of darkness of this world. We wrestle against things that the world cannot see. Why? Because the world is in line with these principalities. The world is in line with these powers. Those that are lost have not a different agenda. But rather us that are saved, we're going in a completely different way. Now what happens after the Lord speaks these words to His disciples? Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, His brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, Matthew 17 and 1. He takes them aside. And the Bible said that He was transfigured before them. That is to say that Peter, James, and John literally laid eyes on the transfigured Son of God. The blessed Son of God pulled back the the, the cloth of His human garment and allowed them to get a peek at Him in all of His glory. What do the Bible say? The Bible says that His face did shine as the sun. And His raiment was white as light. They saw the Lord Jesus Christ as He should be seen. Glorified, magnificent, wonderful, lifted up, bright and shining and lovely in all of His ways. They saw this Jesus And as they saw this Christ, there appeared two others with Him. This brings to mind what John said in John chapter number 1. And we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw Jesus. And as they saw him, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with Jesus. What does that mean? That means that represented in Elias was all of the prophets. That means all of the prophets of the Old Testament who had ever spoke the word of God. Who had ever prophesied about the nation of Israel. Who had ever prophesied about Emmanuel. That had ever prophesied about Jesus. Was in the garden. Was on the mountain with Jesus. But not only Elias. Elias. Moses was there. Who is the representative of the law? And what is the representation of the law? It is that we are sinful men. And that we stand before naked, before God naked, unjustified in the works of our flesh, that we are sinners and justified in this person, Moses. Elias stood, Moses stood, and they consulted with the one that God sent the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. They were talking with Him. And that brings to mind Hebrews chapter number 1. In times past, He had spoken through prophets. In times past, He had spoken through angels. In times past, He had spoken through the law. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's amazing to me. Now get this tonight. Maybe this is where we're heading. Then answered Peter, now do you understand the scene? Do you see what's going on? The Lord has a special meeting with Peter, James, and John. And He pulls them aside to show them Himself. Aren't you grateful for every time the Lord has showed Himself to you? Who's he's he's peeled back in the sorrow and in the pain and allowed you to see who he is. All right. But get the scene now. Jesus is transfigured, his glory is shining. What did the Bible say? In verse number 2, And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. I'm talking about the glory of Jesus Christ was shining. I'm talking about his raiment being white as light. They saw this. Of course, Peter had a mouth shaped like a foot. I've got some of that in me. How about you? And answered Peter and said, Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let me say this. He's doing real good at Jesus, Lord. That's real good. He's even doing good when he said, it's good for us to be here. And he's even doing running well when he says, if thou wilt. He's running all right. Here's where Peter messes up. Let us make here three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. He wanted an even built, even killed tabernacle built for each one of these men. For the prophets for the law and for Jesus Christ. But beloved, as he was speaking these words, as these words were coming out of his mouth, a cloud descended from on high and came down on that mountain. And God said, hush up, Peter. You don't know what you're talking about. For my son is the one who pleases me. Hear him. He said, Give right away to him, Peter. Oh, stop lifting up other things. Stop lifting up other things and making them even with Jesus. Stop raising up your opinion and making it even with Jesus. Stop raising up your thoughts and making them even with Jesus. Stop raising up your sorrows and making them even with Jesus. Stop raising up your trials and making them even with Jesus. Stop raising up any situation that can come onto you. Stop making them even with Jesus. This evening, church, I'm glad to testify that Christ is the preeminent power of Jesus, of God Almighty. And he reigns over all. He reigns over all. <laughs> they beheld a voice, hallelujah, out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God said, I was pleased with what I spoke through the law. I was pleased with what I spoke through the prophets. But I was never pleased with any of the men that ever spoke. But this man that you see in front of you, I am pleased with him. My son. Hallelujah. Hear ye. Him. I was raised up in Haysville, North Carolina. A lot of people I tell that to don't even know where that's from. I got to tell them where Hiawassee, Georgia's at. And it's one holler over from there. <clears throat> I used to sit up around a bait shop up here on Highway 64. I grew up until I was 13 in a church parsonage. And then uh, dad and mom built a house up there on old Cold branch and. Hayesville, close to Shooting Creek, but on Shooting Creek, side of Highway 64, Bob's Patterson's Bait Shop was sitting up yonder, and I'd go rob some quarters off mom and daddy. Don't tell them that. Live stream on. <laughs> they know, they knew, especially when it come time to take vacation, and we started counting quarters in the living room, they knew something had went awry. I'd take him quarters up there to Bob's up yonder and, and I'd, I'd grab me an oatmeal, cra- a cream raisin, little Debbie, y'all know what I'm talking about? Glory to God. And a sun kissed. And I'd sit up yonder and I'd listen to all them old timers. I'd listen to all them old timers talk. If any of them got out of line, they'd look over at one another and say, hush. Thought a fight was going to break out up yonder. You know, what the Lord looked at His disciples and said, Y'all just hush. Take a moment and see Jesus. Listen, you ain't got to listen to me. And you ain't got to listen to the choir. And you ain't got to listen to the teaching. And you ain't got to listen to the testifying. But I beg you, church, hear Jesus Christ. Look at Him. See Him. Fall in love with Him. Hallelujah. I've got nothing else to give you. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I am nothing, but Jesus lives inside of me, and that's all I have to give you. And because He lives inside of me, bless God, that's enough to last us through eternity, thank God. Hallelujah. 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 I wish I was more intellectual. I wish I was more capable. I wish I had more time to elaborate and become, to become even more intricate in the Scriptures and be better of a statesman. But I've got something to say to you tonight, church. We just need Jesus. And they might, may not be fancy or popular, but it's right here. This is my beloved Son. God said, hear ye Him He's well pleased with Jesus. You say, Brother Jay, I just can't seem to please God. You're exactly right. You'll never get it done. But He, Jesus, has already pleased the Father. Bless the Lord. So what do we do? So what do we do? Well, verse number 6 a good start. They fell down on their face pretty good and we're so afraid when god spoke you would think the transfigured christ would be enough to attune peter's heart to being sober and not run that mouth but i've learned that in my own life that even when jesus is being lifted up and when the lord's doing something boy ain't it just like us we can't help but just interject ourselves, can we we, can't, we just can't help. We just can't help when God's doing something, when Jesus is being magnified, to step in. But oh, tonight at Maryville Baptist Church, that we would see Jesus and just fall in His grandeur, and fall in His beauty, and fall in His magnificence. And fall in His glory. And fall in His grace. I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain. I know you've been through trials. But Jesus loves you. This you know. And fall at that magnificent part of His character. And worship Him. Because He loves you. That's a part of Him. And you're a part of Him because He's made you one with Him. Hallelujah. They fell down on their face and were so afraid, but just like Jesus. And Jesus came and touched them, saying, Arise and be not afraid. Brother, Brother Terry, they didn't understand all that was going on right here. They really didn't. They didn't understand everything. How could they? It's too magnificent, it's too wonderful. And you may not be understanding all that is going on in your experience. You may not be understanding all that is taking place. Hallelujah. You may not be able to put, put it all together. But there's a Jesus that loves you. And the Bible says that Jesus came and touched them. That's something they could understand. Jesus came and touched them. And said, Arise, be not afraid. This is the key right here, church, verse number 8 to this text. Well, obviously, other than the fact that our magnificent, transfigured Christ has been shown. But as far as on our end of things, it's a beautiful truth right here in verse 8, Matthew 17 and 8. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. You know what the problem in a lot of our churches is? We're worshiping men. The problem in a lot of our churches, we're worshiping a bunch of of methodology. God help us tonight. I say this in love tonight. I say it in love, but a big problem in a lot of our churches is that we're that we're worshiping a man, a method, a way, some kind of whether it be new or whether it be old, but where our mind ought to give tonight, church, is seeing only one, not me, not you, but seeing Jesus Christ. And when you go to bed tonight, see Him. And when you get up in the morning, see Him. And when you go to pray, see Him. And when you sing, see Him. And when you testify, see Him. And when you go through the heartaches of life, just take another look at Jesus Christ. Whew. Hallelujah. More about Jesus, I would know. More of his grace others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. I said, Brother Jay, you keep on and you keep on and you keep on and you keep on talking about the Lord Jesus. Take your Bibles right now, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter number three, and I'm done. I mean it. <laughs> I'm give out. Y'all have preached me to death today. 2 Corinthians chapter number three. What a mess Corinth was. I'm talking a mess. But let's not judge too harshly. Just as soon as anybody in this church thinks, That we've got it figured out, and somehow we've we've arrived. No, no, sir, no, ma'am. Paul's—I mean, there were so many problems that you just take your pick. You just take your pick at Corinth. It was going on, and one of their many issues was their pulling to the law. Just like the church of Galatia, just like the church at Colossae, on and on and on. Same story. Everywhere Paul went and preached, Judaizers followed him. Legalists followed him. Pharisees followed him. You, they just followed preaching Christ plus something. You need Christ plus something, and then you'll get there. And then you'll arrive, and then you'll be sanctified. Oh, no. Peter is making a case to them. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. This is Second Corinthians 3 and 10. For if that which is done away was glorious, meaning the, the, the covenant under the law, much more that which remaineth is glorious, which is grace where we are. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for unto this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in Christ. Now let me set the scene for you in Matthew that we just read, Matthew chapter number seventeen. He looked at his disciples and t- said, "Tell no one about this vision of the of the of the uh, of the." of the, uh, well, let me get this right, the transfigured Christ. Tell no man about this. Why was that? Why did Jesus say tell no man? Because He knew they would try to take Him and make Him a political king. But Jesus knew they didn't need another political king. They needed a Savior from their sins. They needed a Savior from themselves. They needed a power loosed that was far greater than what Caesar Augustus had on them. Or what Caesar, what Julius had on him, Or what Pontius Pilate had on him He knew they needed a liberator from sin, Satan, the devil, and their self. And that veil's done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty, we could preach for the next six months on that one verse. But in verse number 18, we could preach for the rest of our life right here. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What does that mean, Brother Jay? That means, hallelujah. That means turn it all off. That means look away from your trials and your issues and the storm that's a-blowing. You see, this was Peter's problem. He struggled keeping a focus on Jesus Christ. When the storm was raging and the billows was rolling, Peter said, Lord, if it's you walking on the water, bid me to walk to you. And the Lord said, come. He got out of the boat. Peter walked to Christ. and As long as his eyes was on Christ, he walked on top of the trials and on top of the waters. But when his eyes got on those waves, when his eyes got on the boister around him, he began to sink. And that's exactly like you and I tonight. A sweet gaze on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's tough to do, but a sweet gaze on the Lord Jesus That's why the Spirit is here to help you. But we all with open face beholding. We are to look, church. To the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves. Hallelujah. But Christ Jesus our Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you tonight, church, it is God's design and His will that we look at Jesus Octavius Winslow said, you can bear some of the tri-. And This was a man who had horrible health problems. Died at an early age. I think 69 is young. Can I get a witness? Some of you young people are looking out like, are you kidding me? 69? Every year that passes, he keeps getting younger and younger and younger. Hey, Amen, Brother Leo? Octavius had seen the value of Christ. Brother Ron, he had seen Jesus. Something happened in him. And he saw that if he could see and behold the glory of Jesus Christ, that this was the will and the design of God for every child of God, not just for a few. You say, how do I look to Jesus? Brother Jay, get in this book right here. Get alone and pray somewhere. Speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing about Jesus. Think about Jesus. Meditate on Jesus. Read Jesus. See Jesus. Infatuate yourself with Jesus Christ and bless His good and holy name. He will manifest Himself to you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, love the word of God. Love the word of God, he that hath and keep them. He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I know it's so tonight. I know it's so. Now look, we're going to preach on how Jesus sustains us. And we're going to preach on... We're going to preach... Look, we're going to preach the practical elements of the Word of God. We're going to get down into every bit of that. But if we do not have a solid footing on Jesus Christ, I can give you an outline of how-tos and what to do when you get in a problem. And if we never see Jesus, we'll never walk victoriously. We'll never walk on top of the water. I can try to throw you out life preservers and life jackets and try to manufacture your way through this Christian life. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I said it this morning. I'll say it again tonight. Let me say this. Jesus is the answer for the lost. He is the answer for the lost. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And He is the answer for the struggling saint. He is the answer for all. Hallelujah. the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I said this this morning. Dear friend of mine. He was an old free will Baptist preacher. Don't let that bother you. He's all right. He's in heaven. He kept his salvation. (laughs) I'm just kidding. A little hit at my free will Baptist brothers. He never believed in any of that stuff anyway. He believed that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. But old, old brother Jack, he struggled a lot, boy. had a lot of health problems. Last time I saw him was up in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. He could barely walk. But man, that man saw Jesus. He went to preach at a church. He was an evangelist, went to preach at a church. And the pastor said, Well, Brother Jack likes to preach a lot on Jesus. Come on, preach to us. Brother and Brother Jack just stumbled up the pulpit. And he said, If I ever find anything better to preach on, I'll let you know. God blessed his ministry. I want to tell you something. You may not get a lot of attention, you may not get a lot of glory. You may not be able to sway a lot of people, but buddy, if you focus on Jesus, you'll have peace. You'll have joy. You'll have contentment. You'll, be, you'll, you'll have a gentleness about you. The Spirit of God honors Jesus Christ and a life given to Jesus and a mind given to Jesus and a heart given to Jesus. And when you're in your storm, when you're in your trial of misunderstanding, He'll come up beside you every now and then. And He'll touch you. And He'll say, Be not afraid. It is I. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He'll lay in there with you, won't He, Brother Rick? He'll lay in there with you. He'll lay in there with you in the night hour when you're by yourself and you're alone and you don't know who to look to and you feel like no one understands. He's there. When your friends won't pick up the phone anymore, Brother Ron, he's still there. When you don't know which way to turn and what you're going to do tomorrow, much less how you're going to get through tonight, He's there. And He's enough. I say we just turn our eyes on Jesus and worship Him. And glorify Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, I'm not interested in anything else but me and you learning how to walk with Jesus Christ. They say, how are we going to get people saved? I want to tell you something, church. If you, if you walk with Jesus Christ and learn how to walk with Him and you walk out those doors right now, there ain't a soul in this world that ain't going to see Him coming through you. And through the mouth of credible sources, the gospel will go out. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd hate to think everybody we're inviting to, invite your one Sunday, that we're, just in, that we're inviting folk to try to get them hooked up with some kind of program or situation. I'd like to think when they come in here, they see Jesus. Amen. Church, I believe this tonight. I believe this. I believe what I preach to you. I'm not, uh, I'm not preaching it to you. This ain't getting preached at Old Steens and Swaggers. And on and on of the faith healers on Kenneth Copeland's and Jesse Duplantis. This ain't going there tonight. Oh no. No, it's too much about self. Too much about self. Tonight, God, help us to be a church that is about one. One thing. And I promise you, church, I promise you, I'm telling you right now, if we see Jesus and gaze at Him and learn to walk with Him and learn to love Him because He first loved us, I'm telling you, we will have revival. There will be souls that are saved. There will be something that's shaking and and that's going on. Persecution might come for us. But Jesus will shine outward. Hallelujah. Well, let's do this. Sister Megan, come to the piano if you would, sister. Let's just all gather around and pray tonight, church. Brother Mike's going to be on standby for...